Welcome to the Strategic Planning Podcast with financial coach Mike Flanders. With more than 40 years of experience in the financial services industry, Mike knows the X's and O's that'll help you achieve your financial goals. It's time for the Strategic Planning Podcast. Hey everybody, welcome into Strategic Planning. Thanks for tuning into the podcast with Mike Flanders and myself as we talk investing, finance, and retirement. And learning through uncommon sense is our topic du jour this week here on the program. Mike, what's going on, buddy? Oh, great. Okay. I'm looking forward to some common sense or maybe uncommon sense. Un- maybe. Well, one of the two, right? Yeah. Yeah. We're in short um, supply recently, it seems. It has been <laughs> in certain corners of the world. <laughs> right. Um, <laughs> I uh, I wanted to be sure and and promote uh, a family evening I'm having at, on June 26th at the Greensboro Grasshopper Stadium here in Greensboro. It is going to be a ton of fun, inviting clients, their friends and family and all that oh, kind of stuff. Awesome. We'll have a, a suite and a picnic patio, whatever you call it, right next to it. I think we can handle about 80 folks and uh, have dinner and a game and lots of fun, have some gifts. So I just wanted to put that out there. If you're listening to this and you haven't seen it in the weekly newsletter yet or anything else, as far as the invitations, please uh, give me a buzz, uh, yeah. shoot me a text or an email, say, Hey, I'm in, uh, we are starting to fill up. Um, so I've, I've put it in the last two newsletters and uh, we're going to get serious about inviting and sending out invitations soon. So okay. go ahead and get, get registered because we can't go over the 80 right? Uh, right. and it is going to be COVID persona non grata. Uh, free, you know, no masks, no doodahs or whatever. So looking for no doodahs. I like that. No doodahs. And so that's June 26th. You said, yeah, June 26th is a Saturday gates open at six game and dinner starts at six 30. So, all right. With the grasshoppers. Well, call Mike yeah. guys. If you haven't gotten that invite or you'd like to attend three, three, six, 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 eight, 43, 38. If you're in the, there um, was oh, it the Greensboro area, right? Yep. So the Greensboro. Yeah. Three, three, six, 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 eight, 43, 38. Give him a jingle. Or go by the website, shoot an email, spcinvesting.com. All yeah, right. We'll so, get a, a, a page up on it here in the next few days. Okay, cool. Uh, when the invitations start to go out. And uh, by the way, there will be fireworks after the game. So you want to be for those. Nice. Well, I want to go now. Yeah, <laughs> that sounds like fun. That's uh, a blast. That's a blast. That's right. Well, hopefully everyone will use common sense and enjoy themselves. But let's talk yeah. about some common sense things. Mike, these are statements that, that I have here that everybody is going to agree with. We all know these things uh, make sense. Yet, when we take a look at how we actually behave or go through with some of this stuff, we wind up doing the opposite. So in a lot of ways, it's kind of uncommon sense, if you will. And so I'm going to have you break a few of these down for us. And we'll just have a good chat about this here this week on the program. So let's start with a classic, okay? We all know that we're supposed to buy low and sell high. You won't find a single person who disagrees with that theory yet. Let you think about it. Okay, so we'll, we'll do it when it comes to, you know, all sorts of shopping or looking yep. for gas or whatever, right? We're looking for the best deal we can find at the lowest price. But uh-huh. darn it, if it doesn't seem like when it comes to investing, we do the opposite more times than not. We know we're supposed to buy low and sell high, Mike, but we often do not do it. Yeah, uh, and and it's, the, it's all because of one simple emotion called fear. You're either afraid you're going to lose all your money if it's going down the hole, or you're afraid you're going to miss out on the hottest deal of the century if it's going up to the sky. Right, right. Great examples are last year uh, in in February to April, 
2009, and 2000 to 2002, big crashes. Some people bailed. I mean, I, I've told this story lots of times how I really failed my dad at that time because he, in 2008, uh, he would he would call me every month about the end of the first week or second week of the month. He'd call and say, hey, we got to get out of the market. It's going down faster and faster. And I tell him, dad, you just got to hang in there. We don't have you in a high risk position. It's going to go down some. One day it's going to turn and kept on doing that until March the 8th of 2009. Uh-huh. He called me that afternoon and I realized what was going on is every time he got his statement at the uh, end after the end of each month. Oh, okay. So he had gotten that statement in March and it was just like, you know, he had hit the breaking point and he, I answered the phone. He says, I am your father. <laughs> I am telling you, get me out of the market. And I said, okay, well, if you know anything about what in the market bottomed out, it was the next day on March the 9th, which was the day that I actually placed the sell order because market was already closed that day. Right. So he he managed to sell at the very bottom. The and that's often bottom. what happens. Yeah. You know, you just try and hang on, try and hang on. You can't do it. I don't know why I gave in and just did it. I guess maybe I was tired of those monthly phone calls about that stuff. Mm. But uh, I'll never do it again. I'll never do it again. If, if he wanted to get out, I should have said, you do it. <laughs> you got to figure out how to yeah, sell it. Well, and that's the point of having a plan and a strategy. And I get that it gets tough, right? Yeah, like that's. Yeah. But one of the perks or benefits or value add, if you will, to working with an advisor is the to be able to call and say, all right, Mike, I'm panicking. Get me out of here, right? Yeah. And and for you to go, okay, I get it. I understand. But to your point, right, where we've got you in low risk, you know, and you're not losing as much as it could be. As you see the news, mm-hmm. you hear the news and it's 40%. Well, you're not losing 40%, right? Yeah. You know, yeah, that exactly. kind of thing. And so the, the whole point there is to have that that sounding board of an advisor to help talk us through that. Because then to your point, right, he probably he got out at the lowest point and then it starts to go up, starts to go up and people sit on the sidelines and then they wait yep. and they go, I better get back in now. Well, Mm -hmm. it's always the next next thing you know. It's another all time high, and then another all time high, and then another all time high. (laughs) Uh (laughs) Exactly, and you know, so yeah, you do want to have a sounding board. You do want to be talking to your advisor, just as long as he's not your son. (laughs) Yeah, it makes a little extra pressure right there. Yeah, Yeah, that's right. Well, and again, a strategy, right? A good strategy. It's tough, but that's why you got to have you got to have a plan, faith in the plan, and then let the plan do its job, work for you. There you go. There you go. And, you know, it's on the other side of the coin, too. Right now, a great example is uh, the cryptocurrencies. I mean, they're just uh, going sky high, and then all of a sudden they've fallen. There's the belief that this is going to be around for a while, and it's the thing to be in. Hey, maybe it'll go back up. And they probably will be around for a while, but mm -hmm. right. Yeah. Yeah. So, yeah. yeah. So, you you know, you, you just uh, have the fear that you might miss out on this great opportunity. And so there you, were a lot of people so you jump buying in and buy, it was yeah. hitting all-time highs. Yeah, you know? right. Yeah. I mean, Elon makes a tweet about something yeah. and it takes off and you're like, I got to get in. And so you buy it yep. at this exorbitant price and then he makes another tweet and it drops yeah. half of its value. And you're like, ah, shoot, I could have got it when it was cheaper. Right. So yeah, yeah this bird brain's just tweeting all the time. Yeah. You got to, you got to think, you know, you got to take the time and, and pause through there a little bit. And that's, again, that's, right. that's kind of the theme of the topic this week. Uh, let's move on to the next one, Mike. So taxes. Don't pay more in taxes than you have to. Well, mm-hmm. duh. Who wants to do that, right? I don't think there's anybody standing out on the street corner with a sign that says, ooh, let me pay more in taxes. I'd like to pay more than my fair share. Mm-hmm. However, that's actually what happens a lot because we don't figure out and work with an advisor and a CPA. We don't have a team there helping us be as tax efficient as we could be. 
Right. Yeah. And we tend to think about it just when it's time to prepare the return for the last year when it's pretty much too late to do anything about that's it. That's history. Yeah. You're just, you're just documenting history at that point. That's exactly right. Yep. Historical look. And uh, maybe take this as a, um, a tip. Don't wait till the next time when you're looking back at history, mm-hmm. but go ahead and make history now and uh, do something about where you're at this year. You know, there are a lot of things that people can do if they just made aware of it. And it takes sitting down with someone discussing your circumstances and finding out. I mean, this earlier this week, I met with someone uh, new for the first time. Uh, they had a cash flow statement and they had their um, assets and liabilities, a network statement. And I was able to look at that and instantly, and they were looking to try and get their cash flow under control because of some huge expenses that they have to do. And um, they didn't know how they were going to pay for it. But it, it just took a few minutes and seeing that stuff to say, oh my goodness, you've got the money to do it. Here it is in these three places. Boom, boom, boom. Let's get it fixed. And you're, you're on the way. Oh, nice. You know, you just never know uh, until you sit down with someone that can look at it as a, a disinterested third party that doesn't have a, an ax to grind about how you're spending your money or whatever. Right, and we'll right. tell you where you can do things. Well, that's back um, to that emotional conversation as well, right? Yeah, because, yeah. I mean, you're obviously you care about what you do. You've been doing this for 40 plus years helping your clients. <laughs> but to your point, you aren't as interested. You should, I heard a great saying. It said, Your advisor should never care more about your plan than you do because at the end of the day, mm-hmm. it's your money, mm-hmm. right? And yeah. so, you know, you're going to, you're going to be objective versus passionate one you're passionate about what you're you know helping them do the best they can but you're objective in your stance to get it done exactly yeah exactly i like that that helps that's a good way of thinking about that and you know so these things again we know we don't want to pay more in taxes than we have to but oftentimes when we go take a look we wind up doing it more often than not Um, same thing with the the whole value cost you know buy low sell high is keeping our costs down so a lot of times no secret that you know investments you know none of them are free there's nothing free in the world again we'll bargain shop we'll buy one get one free you know whatever the case might be you know cheapest burger in town whatever that looks like (laughs) but we often end up paying more fees than we realize in our investments and how many people, Mike, do you hear on the average that go, oh, I don't pay anything, or my guy only charges well, me 1%, or my gal only charges me 1%. And I'm like, yeah. that's just one component. That's right. Yeah. That's right. And, and you know, that's a shame about this uh, business, the, the profession of financial advising or investment brokering or whatever, uh, really more so on the investment brokering side. Um, you know, as, as fiduciaries, as a registered investment advisor, we we disclose everything. And so you you know what all the components are. But yeah, you know, there's a lot of stuff out there that generates that comment of, oh, I don't pay anything for this stuff. And there's fees all buried inside of the Correct. products and everything yeah, that are yeah. being sold on a commission basis or, or however. Mm-hmm. And, um, it, you know, not knowing that, you may expect some rate of return that's probably been quoted as a gross amount. And, uh, you know, the net ends up being somewhat significantly lower. So, mm-hmm. um, yeah. Yeah. Keeping costs low. I mean, I've seen that myself over time as I've been able to find different ways to cut the cost of uh, even uh, managed money where you do pay certain fees and you don't have commission charges and all that kind of stuff. Well, you know, getting the cost down, I see returns go up. I mean, it's just act, it's, it's automatic. Yeah. Well, I'm going to segue cost into this next one, Mike, and I'm okay. going to go with a grandma-ism here or maybe a mama-ism. But, it, you know, don't put all our eggs in one basket. And we're going to talk about the diversification point. 
Uh, mm-hmm. Mutual funds, typically there's costs within mutual funds, and a lot of times they can be definitely hidden in there. And many people will say, oh, you know what, Mike, I've got I've got 10 different mutual funds that I got from 10 different companies, and I'm diversified, and that's mm-hmm. awesome. Well, those are kind of, that's kind of a twofer. A, you're not diversified. Mike's going to tell you why. And B, you're probably not keeping your costs low either. Right. Number one. If you're doing various mutual funds from different families with a broker, you're not getting the benefit of what are called the break points where you pay a lower commission for having more of the money uh, you know, invested with the one company, mm-hmm. maybe in multiples of their funds, but in, in one company, right? Um, family of, of funds. But uh, the, the big issue with that sort of thing is, is really this, is you've got overlap. Mm-hmm. You, you might think that you're getting diversified different companies in these different mutual funds. And the names might sound like they're doing that. But when we do these analysis, it is incredible right. how many of these different funds are being managed in exactly, I mean, exactly the same stocks, the yeah, same companies. And you're you're just buying more and more. You're doubling yeah. down on this company, yeah. and, and you know because the they're not talking have, the to one another. Done. It's not like they're it's not like they're cross checking each other and saying, no. oh, you know, oh, not at okay. all. So you more than likely got ten, you know, ten versions of Pepsi or whatever, yeah. right? There and, you go. And so it's all likely. great, right? Yeah. yeah, and more than likely, it's ten versions of Amazon, Google, Facebook, <laughs> right? Microsoft. Yeah. All yeah. these tech companies, so you're you're really crowding into that that segment of the uh, economy. Yeah, uh, and and then you, you, a lot of times you find that you're all in one asset class. Large U.S. is the typical place we find people mm-hmm. uh, to be crowded into, and they don't have any small. They don't have very much in the way of international or emerging markets or you know whatever. They they it's just not efficiently structured. It just looks good. Right. You recognize some of the names when they're mentioned. But that's not necessarily the best way to invest. And, and Mike, you know, if you think about that, first quarter of this year, small caps are actually doing outperformed large. Oh, so yes. if you've got a lot of large, right? You're, and it's great. It, it's the rising tide lifts all boats kind of thing, right? So it's f- totally fine while the market's up. But people mm-hmm. think they're diversified, and if it falls, and that sector falls, well, all of your, you know, all ten all of your, your mutual funds are falling, right? So, right, right. yeah, you're not being diversified. You can. You could potentially be diversified in a different section of, of stocks and mutual funds, but typically, often that is not the case. And then, of course, I said, right. like I said, it goes right back to fees as well. Now you're paying yep. for a ton of fees on something that you just got the overlap. So it's really worth having an analysis and a strategy done, hence strategic right. planning, right, to go through and see, am I overloaded in one sector? Or am I truly actually diversified? And all that good jazz. And that's why we call this Uncommon Sense this week, because we feel like it's common sense to say, hey, I got mm. a bunch of stuff, but yeah. it's really a bunch of the same stuff. Well, so. and I'll tell you one funny story sure. about a particular fund family that has uh, advertises a small cap. So that's small companies uh, fund and invest all over the world. And uh, so you, you would think, okay, this fund has small companies in it. So people will put money into that small cap fund thinking I'm getting that segment that I'm getting that asset class. Well, if you look on their website, they classify that fund as a large cap fund. (laughs) (laughs) I don't know if they just haven't gotten around to changing the name or what, but they classify it as a large cap fund and you look at what's in it. It's a large cap fund. So you can't just look at the names and think you're getting something. You got to look under the cover 
do the analysis and find out what it absolutely. is. And, you know, absolutely. Absolutely. might help you do that. Well, you know, the last one I had on here, Mike, is really mm-hmm. we kind of covered it already, but we can make it kind okay. of short and sweet. But just basically market timing. We kind of talked about the Bitcoin or, you know, tweets that happen and think, you know, it doesn't matter who you are, whether you're Elon Musk or Warren Buffett or the guy walking down the street or the gal walking down the street. Market timing is virtually impossible. So all you're doing is, again, betting on your emotion to be right. You got to be right twice, getting in, getting out. So it's just does it it just doesn't make any sense. Don't do it. Yeah. Yeah. The market timing thing, you got to be right. 74% of the time to just match the market. Yeah. Yeah. 74% of the time being right and getting in, getting out both sides of it. Nah, doesn't happen. If you're right. 74% of the time, I guarantee you, you're not married. That's right. <laughs> you're not. And you're also not playing Major League Baseball. That's though. right. At least to my wife, anyway, because she says I'm never right. Thing. Yeah, she says I'm never right. So, But right. but all joking aside, that's a great statistic, right? Because, I mean, that's yeah. that's a heck of an average. It is. Yeah. It's huge. And so it yeah. just it's just not a, it's not a wise way to go. And your emotion, right. and again, that's why you go back to an advisor, right? If yeah. you want to market time with a little fun money, then that's cool. Do that, right? But that's a yep. little bit of money you can afford to play with and lose in the event that you are wrong. And probably, well, 26% of the time, you're probably going to be wrong. Yeah, right? yeah. So, and, so, and, you know, I, I'll tell you this one other than not, sure. not to, but uh, just a personal experience of uh, recently a client that was playing some market time with some stuff, uh, not, not day trading, but, you know, just buying something and trying to buy it up the ladder and, and all like that. And right. Dog on the, the company, Went down the hole, and uh, it, it was um, six-figure loss. Um, wow! Uh, and 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 so fortunately, we were able to reset the cost basis in his stocks he owns with us, and we able to offset that by selling the gains and and use the loss to shelter the gain and, and move our cost basis up. So that was the one silver lining in the, yeah. the six-figure loss. But uh, you don't want to be doing that all the time. No, absolutely not. So that's going to do it this week, folks, for the podcast. Hopefully that helps you out a little bit. Uh, we Again, we all can agree on these. We all know these things to be true, but we wind up letting our emotions, usually that's the culprit, get in the way and cause us some issues. So working with yep. an advisor can hopefully help you avoid that situation, and that's why you want to do some strategic planning And you can do that with Mike Flanders at Strategic Planning Corporation. Give him a jingle if you need some help. As always, you should check with a qualified professional before you take any action. 336-668-4338 is how you can reach out to him. Don't forget to subscribe to the podcast. Stop by Mike's website at spcinvesting.com. That's spcinvesting.com. You can subscribe to the show on Apple, Google, Spotify, iHeart, whatever. It's all right there at the website or just simply type in strategic planning in any of those apps. All right, Mike, I'm going to let you go. Thank you so much. Uh, You're going to go on vacation, so I'll talk to you later in June. I hope you guys have a great time. Sounds great. Thanks a lot, Mark. We appreciate you as always here on Strategic Planning with Mike Flanders. We'll see you next time. Information is for illustrative purposes only and does not constitute tax, investment, or legal advice. Always consult with a qualified investment, legal, or tax professional before taking any action.